0: Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get into some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Amp Podcast Network or Planet an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show.
1: This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down Boy, you better sit down Yeah, Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke Cross town like Yancy, I will throw They say I'm in a spot they would kill for I could put them in the wheel and they still won't to deal with coke if I wasn't Rapping about the past back Anyway I'm, Yeah, I'm
0: part of the LGBTC community <laughs> <laughs> What's C stand for? Hey man
2: I just see people, I fuck people Hey man Get your
0: hands off of me Man, stop touching me man <laughs> I, man, I need an adult. Canoe, man. I need an <laughs> adult. You ever seen a canal in the Sahara before, man? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, that, it's uh, it's, it's dazed and Art. confused. But uh, Matthew McConaughey is an Atlantean from the Fertile Crescent. Mm. <laughs> that is, <that's> the, <laughs> and he's not in an El Camino. He's in a a giant cedar canoe. <laughs>
2: christ all right. oh christ all right oh, well man. let's talk let's...
0: about root races am i right
2: <laughs> yeah let's uh let's get to the root races shall we the root of the issue Hey-o. Uh, hey oh uh hey hi hello and welcome back once again to worst in the industry the show where uh we three lemurians uh attempt to uh you know decrease the psychic frequency of the world uh by corrupting the root races uh my name is justin saint peter and i'm gonna scream about a woman whose work has been wildly misinterpreted but when you interpret it correctly it's still wrong to my left
0: it's colin stanley somehow this episode can has uh, 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 to my left
3: uh, my name's Tyler, and, uh, the Kelly Green Coupe look better when it's when it gloom out, so, yeah. What
2: the fuck does that e- is, was that lyrics.
3: English? It's lyrics. Uh, okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's from Tyler, the creator's new album. Well, the extension of Call Me If You Get Lost called the state sale, which is phenomenal, and everybody should listen oh, to it.
2: Oh, okay, Wait, yeah, no, I'll the way here. you said it, I was like, that was one word.
3: The Kelly Green, uh, sorry, the Kelly Green Wagon look better when it gloom out.
2: Okay, I don't want
0: to correct you in front of everybody.
3: Yeah, my bad. In front bed.
0: of all our friends, in front of Tyler the Creator.
3: Yeah, I think he's 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 yeah friend of friend of the pod Tyler a, the, yeah, the Creator.
0: The, you guys haven't looked at the statistics lately. I've been I've been looking at our metrics and yeah, I've seen the one listener <laughs> where I'm like, oh, that guy's on Tyler the Creator's personal jet.
2: We missed out on a huge opportunity to say that Tyler was Tyler the Creator we, we missed out on a huge opportunity
0: to opportunity to meet lizzo and that was really the beginning of the end for our yeah
3: that events. was truly the beginning of the end
0: i can't fucking believe that happened the one fucking weekend we didn't go we after like a string after like a oh, like a month like of
2: three going. or four yeah we were like, nah, we don't want to go. And then Lizzo just fucking shows up to the comedy club because her cousin's playing. Hey, it's Colin. I'm running the episode today. Guys. Hey, he's
3: uh, doing it. He's doing the thing. We out here, is, being a virgin is cool. Don't have sex before you're married.
0: Uh, Fridge opening noise, insert here. I, this might be a mini fridge, technically. I think this is technically a mini fridge episode. Might be my first. Don't ASMR that, you piece of shit. Put the dill pickles away. Are we
3: doing ASMR? Oh, God,
0: we're not doing we're not, we're not doing uh, ASMR. especially not because, you, we don't need people to be aroused while hearing about this, because this episode is...
3: Oh, we might cross uh, some wires.
0: Tentatively titled, uh, <laughs> Racist Contraptions. Uh, "Prejudice Stingamabobs. Or, or uh, as I like to call it, a Brief History of Phrenology.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is gonna be an interesting one. Um, we've got a couple of really great examples... Uh, of institutionalized historical racism in science, uh, as well as a couple of really fucked up examples of technology that is designed to be racist. Uh, so I do just want to say this right now, um, and I feel like
0: <laughs> I feel like we say this a lot of the show, but obviously racism is bad. And
2: racism is bad.
3: Wait, wait, it, wait bad. it is. We're but taking is that stance. Bad. And We're- Colin?
0: I don't want us to I are you? don't want it to seem wait, 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 like wait. we are taking the seriousness out of those things, but that we are instead making fun of their ridiculous ideas, um, and showing that not only are they wrong on a moral level, but they are also wrong uh, content wise. That like yes, they are not only like wrong morally, they are also factually incorrect.
3: Colin. <laughs> I, so is, uh, I didn't know you were based. Are you part of the woke mob?
0: I am part of the woke mob, yes. Uh, and by the woke mob I mean I'm the capo of the woke mob. I'm the I'm the right hand of the Don of the Woke Mob. Uh Mr uh <laughs> Mr George Sorosini, uh of the Sorosini uh crime syndicate. <laughs>
3: more more like Soros, am I right? <laughs> that's that's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh man uh, i can't believe he got trump indicted
0: i'm just gonna get into the brain
2: science now so oh and while we're talking about uh organizations and things that are bad you'll hear more about this later in the episode for all you fucking fuds out there rhodesia bad yeah we'll i mean we'll get to rhodesia bad but i mean if you thought
0: if you've been listening to the podcast this long and you didn't know rhodesia bad sorry uh penance go listen to all the episodes again get back to me we're gonna i'm not telling you not to listen I need you to boost those numbers But penance.
3: Rhodesia bad, train good.
0: Ten Hail Marys. Let's go. Rhodesia bad, train great.
3: Rhodesia bad, train good.
0: Jesus. So craniometry. Yes. uh, Is the study of the measurement of the skull. Uh, Usually, Mm -hmm. specifically, the human skull. um, But is kind of like a general term. Uh, And uh, is also. Uh, distinct from phrenology. Um, now, phrenology
3: Have you ever it, seen uh <laughs> have you ever seen You ever fucking... seen Django
0: Unchained? You Never ever seen, seen Django unchained? And so everybody understands like the basic principle about phrenology, right? So craniometry yeah. is about like studying the physical topography of the skull. And then phrenology was all about extrapolating the information that you had received from that and yeah. making these leaps uh and, and trying to say that the head influenced the personality and the character of the head owner
3: yeah um, the first one was is just like hey generally this is what has happened to humans <laughs> and the second one is about let's break that down even further and make it racist uh,
0: the first is an observational science the second is a political agenda yeah. What is the difference?
3: Just like the woke mob, you know.
2: Oh, God. And, and for the record, phrenology is not a science. It is, it is a pseudoscience. It is barely a pseudoscience.
0: <laughs> it is a pseudoscience because it parades as a science. You of see this not. dimple it, it, it in the back of his skull? It deserves to be acknowledged as such. No, but it, that's the point of calling something a pseudoscience, is it, it? it puts on the airs of a science.
2: Sure, but it's so. The, my point is that it, it is so ridiculous and so based in nothing. Yeah, that that's even pse- amongst pseudosciences it is um, exceptionally ridiculous
0: yes of course king Ber- the burger king of pseudosciences yeah
2: like it's all
0: of the other phrenology. pseudosciences
2: look at phrenology oh. and go I want to be him
0: all the other pseudosciences go one day when I grow up I'll make black people slaves and phrenology's <laughs> like too late I did it <laughs> uh, speaking of phrenology so uh, at the core of a lot of these racial beliefs um, that we're going to get into uh, and these racist ideas that are used um, not only to uh, oppress people but also used to justify um, legislation uh, as well as like corporate moves and mm-hmm. like real things that are material to affect people's lives and not just like ideas in universities. Yeah, national um,
2: governmental policy.
0: B- basically, it starts out. Um, with this guy, uh, who's a Swedish, uh, professor of anatomy, very famous in the medical field, uh, Anders, um, uh, uh, I believe, or Retzius. I can't, I'm not, Swedish. how do you spell his last name? R-E-T-Z-I-U-S. I think you were right the first time. gracious He's, so Anders Racist, uh, <laughs> uh, racist, yeah, yeah. uh Uh uh, he essentially came out with um this thing called the cephalic index right and the cephalic index is uh essentially like a range of measurements of like um proportions of skull that were meant to basically break down skull shapes into three groups uh a long and thin skull um a short and broad skull and then an intermediate uh, skull, so a uh, a dolikos, uh, or, uh, uh, or dolocos coming is the Greek word, uh, the the <laughs> long and thin heads word is dolichocephalic, uh, brachycephalic meaning short and broad, and mesocephalic meaning uh, middle. Yeah,
3: um, that's that's, so that's
0: Greek. Uh, <laughs> but basically, this guy, you know, he takes this and his whole thought process, right? And his his racial context at the time is you know Swede good, Slop bad, right? So in his mind, uh, Swedes are the long and thin headed ones, mm-hmm. uh, the, the uh, dolichocephal uh, the, the oh my fucking god, dolichocephale cephalics, dolichocephalics, um, uh, and the slavs are the brackets of alex because they have short broad heads right yes um that's that's the binary that he exists in and he's you know he's around um from the end of the 1700s uh, up until uh, 1860 um and also you know makes quite a few breakthroughs in terms of like uh discovering and identifying bones and teeth and um other uh anatomical features uh, there's a part of your pelvis, um, like, that's named after this guy. It's, like, a space that exists behind the genitals. Uh, so, like, it's not to say that he was, like, a reprehensible shitbag. He was a reprehensible shitbag, but generally pretty good for his time.
2: Um, I could say that I'm a Slav uh <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so you were you were part of his targeted ethnic minority and, uh, and
0: generally you know. so the like the binary that this guy exists in is less about like morality he's not he's not making like he's making judgments but it's it's like it doesn't seem to be as much about the character as much about like oh they're less vigorous they're less healthy and i mean that could be attributed more so to like there's more peasants.
2: There's less <laughs> protein in their diet. You know? Yeah, uh, this dude's never you know, even
3: seen red meat in his life.
2: Turns it, out it, if you've been kept as serfs generationally, it's not good for you physiologically. Um, but that, like, any, any, like,
0: any pretension towards, like, it not being a racist concept is kind of uh, thrown aside when uh, later in the 1800s, uh, it is adopted uh, by a uh, a Frenchman uh, a French anthropologist uh, anthropologist anthropologist the fuck? you should anthropologize for that I'm gonna kill myself uh, <laughs> uh, Georges Vachet de la Puche.
2: god uh, he sounds like a real fucking frog
0: oh buddy look at this guy's fucking stupid face oh, but let's, let's, even
2: let's see look. his dumb snail eaten mug oh my god that guy looks smells like, like if, cheese and body odor. It looks odor. like
0: if Alistair Crowley and Salvador Dali had the face-off happen to them.
2: That guy has has drink so much red wine that his shits are just copper lights. They're just
0: black. They're just they're just black just and They're full of stones.
2: Yeah, just he's passing stones of pure tannin.
0: Um, <laughs> this is the guy who starts to. Um, <laughs> Uh this is the guy who started to be like, Yeah, some of these Frenchmen aren't as genetically pure as he is. This is it's, leave uh, it wait, to what? an actual <laughs> French guy to be like, No, some of these French aren't as good as the rest.
2: This was like the late nineteenth century, right?
0: Uh this is what? Um Yes, uh he wrote so that's, I'm getting there. So, so Okay, we'll... so I was going to say, this
2: is probably him side-eyeing the Burgundians and ill-fatedly probably going to say something bad about the Basque, which has turned out well for no one.
0: Uh, the Basque kind of come up in a way. So uh, now I'm going to be reading from uh, The End of the Soul, Scientific Modernity, Atheism, and Anthropology in France by Jennifer Haft, mm-hmm. uh, out of Chapter 5, uh, which is on uh, Georges Fache de la Pouche. Uh, it's entitled "No Soul, No Morality," Vachet de la pouche.
2: No soul, no morality. Ribbit.
0: Yeah. Um. So this this guy's pretty bad. Uh, if you would like to read just it, if you. Would oh, wee in oui, uh, oui. <laughs> This terrible French accent. Um, <laughs> so this is uh this is written um. Initially, uh. In a series of lectures held uh, at the University of Montpelier uh, in the early 1880s. And it was first published um, in the uh, Anthropological Review um, or Revue uh, de Anthropologie. And the article was entitled uh, The Anthropology of Political Science uh or uh, l'anthropologie et la science politique uh so if you would like god to go we really ahead...
3: fucked up by letting the french know how to read
0: yeah <laughs> if you would like to go ahead and and read this in your best approximation of uh monsieur lapuche, monsieur lapuche. hold on let me let me inflate
2: my throat pouch Yeah, why don't you get, like, a (laughs)
0: syringe full
2: of air and just uh, swell your throat like a vampire bat? Like a great big Um, bullfrog. In the next century, people will be slaughtered by the millions for the sake of one or two degrees on the cephalic index. That will be the sign, replacing the biblical cibolet with the... Excuse me that will be the sign replacing the biblical shibboleth and the linguistic affinities that are now the markers of, nationa- of nationality only it will not have anything to do as it does today with questions of moving frontiers a few kilometers the superior races will substitute themselves by force for the human groups retarded in evolution and the last sentimentalist will witness the copious exterminations of entire peoples I slipped into the German there at the end but you get the point
3: mhm it's hard not to when you're talking uh, about stuff like
2: that. It's a little bit. It's that guy was starting to sound real Vichy at the end there, if you know what I mean. Uh, also, for anybody else who had to Google the word shibboleth, uh, what it means is uh, as defined by the Oxford Language Dictionary. Uh, yeah, I was, was going to explain this. Okay, yep, go ahead.
0: So yeah, so a shibboleth is basically anything that distinguishes a group. Like, it's it's like a custom or tradition that distinguishes a specific group. And what he's, what he's referring to is yeah you won't you know in the in the coming century the thing that will define the differences of people will not be you know whether or not they speak french or german or if they're christians or catholics or protestants uh but the, sh- the shape of their fucking head and their racial purity uh or lack thereof uh and that is and that is you know you can see the direct influence on on the nazis um and you can see his direct contribution to Nazi ideology, uh, given that uh, he is responsible for uh, the translation of. Oh, wait, no, not him. Sorry, next guy. Next guy's Russo. No, no, I'm right. Uh, he prefaced and translated Madison Grant's publication, The Passing of the Great Race, uh,
2: mm. into French. Yeah, The Passing of the Great Race itself, uh, referential to, in parts, the works of Helena Blavatsky. Uh, and her references to the root races uh, and all kinds of Atlantean bullshit, uh, and um, the
0: and the book, the coming of the great race, yes. and the great race,
3: which Anyways, are like, that's all I have to
0: say about that. Those are like eugenicist slash occult tomes,
2: depending on who you are. Um, I mean, they're always occult tomes. Like they exactly. were created explicitly to be occult tomes. They were just co-opted by the eugenics movement because you know occultism exists in all layers of society. Exactly,
0: because uh, occult just means hidden knowledge. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, who is Madison Grant and what is uh, and, and why does the fact that you know the passing of the race? Uh, passing the great race um, in 1926 uh, in the early 1920s and into French in 1926 why does this matter Uh, well to know that we also need to know um, who he stole some of it from and he stole some of it from a guy named William Zabina Ripley uh, who was a uh, an American economist and a lecturer Uh, at Columbia University a professor of economics at MIT uh, Mm -hmm. a professor of political uh, economics at Harvard uh, and a racial anthropologist
2: oh Um, so like you know all the most vaunted and hallowed institutions of education in North America
0: uh, he was the guy who basically decided to um, like break up the races of Europe into Teutonic, Alpine, and Mediterranean uh Uh, you know to basically you know more easily justify um you know (laughs) like persecuting killing these people and keeping them out of america because he was obviously a nativist opposed to um the the south european waves of immigration that were occurring uh while he would have been uh a professional uh in the late 1800s early 1900s um and he described the teutonic race as being of the Thin and tall headed the Alpine race um, as being round skulled and the Mediterranean race uh, being broad and short skulled um, if
3: you want I'm so uh, Colin I have, I have a question for you yeah buddy do you think that if we could go back in time we could have changed all of these people's minds um, by eating spaghetti with them and letting them listen to Frank Ocean's uh, "Channel Orange" album,
0: I think they would probably like pull the eyes out of their heads with like grapefruit spoons if you try like, to or, or Italian you could, food. They, or they you would, could play. These people you... would rather like cover themselves in whale oil and set their manor home on fire than have like a head of garlic inside. You don't understand. These these yeah. are wasps Wasps. or
3: or you could just blow their mind and just play yeezus and watch them you know melt out of their skin as soon as the first three seconds of on site plays because that shit could have killed a pilgrim
0: alright do you want to read something really racist for me
3: oh why do I have to
0: (laughs) Justin read the last one
3: (laughs) 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 okay Okay, right, so you know what? Is, <laughs> fuck it. This
0: is a quote from uh, William Zabina Ripley. Uh, <laughs> it's, and I just want <laughs> you guys to know, um, Justin, where are the Pyrenees Mountains? Do You know, off the top of your head.
2: The Pyrenees, I believe that's northeast France.
0: It's so close. It's it is the, it is the range of mountains that separate Spain from France. So it's northeast Spain southwest Um, and
3: my girlfriend has a great Pyrenees and she's a great dog
0: so I just want that to be clear the Pyrenees are a European mountain range separating Spain and France just Tyler if you in your best uh, in your best Glenn Miller voice I'd like to hear what you think William Zabina Ripley had to say all
3: right Beyond the Pyrenees begins Africa. Once that natural barrier is crossed, the Mediterranean racial type and all its purity confronts us. The human phenomena is entirely parallel with the sudden transition to the flora and fauna of the south. The Iberian population, thus isolated from the rest of Europe, are allied in all important anthropological respects with the people inhabiting Africa north of the Sahara, from the Red Sea to the Atlantic.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh... Wow.
3: That yeah.
2: is phenomenally racist. Um, Ripley yeah. was also... Um, <laughs>
3: not gonna lie, bars, but also at the same time, uh, not based.
0: Uh, Ripley was also, like, a poor... A, so he published The Races of Europe, a sociological study, in 1899. In... In 1900? He was negotiating on behalf of the United States Industrial Commission... Uh, between railway companies and anthracite coal companies. Of course he was. Um, of oh, course he awesome. was. And he's the guy that helped quash the railway strikes, Perfect. in 1917 this to 1918, asshole. as the uh, labor, uh, as the admin for the labor standards, uh, for the United States uh, War Department. This piece of shit. So he's like. He uh, he also was a he. Um... <laughs> this is. Okay, so he is kind of based because he did criticize a lot of corporate behavior um, and uh, criticized the way the railroad treated uh, workers and demanded public inquiry into workers' affairs. Um, That does not make him a good guy.
2: No, still a very Uh, bad guy. Very shit human being.
0: Uh. This is this is a quote from the new york times uh in 19, december 1929 um so this is so previous uh in 1925 uh and, uh and 26 ripley basically was like constantly criticizing very publicly in newspapers wall street um then got into a car accident and had a nervous breakdown and got sent to a fucking insane asylum in Connecticut. <laughs> uh, then Wall Street thats Okay, that's pretty based, too. And then literally, so Wall Street crashed December of 1929. That February, he was out of the sanitarium and
2: preparing to... Uh, Perfect timing. again.
3: Perfect timing. <laughs>
2: that's it, That is, you know what? <laughs> that is perfect timing for him. Genuinely. That is the right moment in American culture for him to be exactly as destructive as possible.
0: Yeah. So he, he did technically predict the 1929 crash. So like, cool. I guess that's cool, but fuck this guy.
3: (laughs) Wow. This guy Um, predicted the most obvious stock market crash in the history of the stock market. It's
0: like, you know, that's the thing with uh, the reason why fascism is so appealing uh for so many people in this period of history because it it answers the the question at the core of the contradiction of capitalism which is what do we do now what do we do now (laughs) what what
2: next
0: and it's you know uh, they go well now we kill all the people we don't want and all the shit they have we spread around to the people that we have left that's what we do now uh genius it worked for a very small
2: amount of people yes
0: it works unfortunately um and so back to george vachet de la he we had said that he had uh, translated madison grant um uh his work the publishing uh uh his publication the passing of the great race and that madison grant had stolen this stuff from ripley what did he stolen from ripley you ask uh and what he stole is basically the idea of like european races um mm-hmm. but the only thing that he changed is he changed teutonic to nordic
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he is the guy who really pushes the angle so again this is kind of a weird point in in time where science is like there are observational sciences and then there are political agendas um i i might i am inclined to believe that ripley was more in the vein of observational sciences and madison grant is more in the vein of political agendas um it didn't seem from everything i read out of ripley that he was like drawing conclusions or if he was was just just asking questions or if he's just like this is the skull shapes i'm not like indicating anything listen guys
3: i'm just asking questions all right yeah. well, I'm I would just
0: argue, though, data. that the previous i'm just providing data i'm just asking questions in field indicating things on skull shape probably damns him um, It
2: definitely it doesn't help him
0: yeah so Madison grant basically takes this and then he's the guy if you've ever heard like the oid like the Caucasoids, the mongoloids and the i'm not gonna say the other word uh and this is his
3: god i ain't never trusting a dude with the first name madison this just is... on on principle
0: he is basically his his racial understanding of europe and the world is basically word for word what the nazis will adopt um with very little difference now when it comes to like individual ss members there is some variance like are irish people white like some people like some nazis said yes some nazis said no like that kind of shit like
2: yeah but that's like the internal fool society arguments and it's you know the, exactly the, the arguments of the you know racist cult that was the Schofstaffel.
0: yeah but uh largely uh so this is this is pretty clear um in the passing of the great race uh when grant says this uh a rigid system of selection through the elimination of those who are weak or unfit in other words social failures would solve the whole question in 100 years as well enable us uh, to get rid of the undesirables who crowd our jails hospitals and insane asylums the individual himself can be nourished educated and protected by the community during his lifetime But the state through sterilization must see to it that his line stops with him or else future generations will be cursed with an ever increasing load of misguided sentimentalism. This is a practical, merciful, and inevitable solution of the whole problem and can be applied to an ever widening circle of social discards, beginning always with the criminal, the diseased, and the insane, and extending gradually to types which may be called weaklings rather than defectives and perhaps ultimately to worthless race types. Um this this is the book jesus christ to recommend uh segregating people into ghettos um and then basically you know he he talks he talks about creating what the nazis did uh, these like plant communities like these breeding programs these community-based systems of social control he talks about all of it he it's it's crazy to read that this guy published this book in 1916 and then literally like Less than twenty years later, the Nazis just carry it out, like word for word. Um, well, it's also he
2: he published it in the midst of America's eugenics program
0: in America.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> as it, it an American, a, like, of course. But it's, it's from New York. Know, these things were directly cited by Nazi officials as the inspiration for their eugenics program. So it's it's not necessarily surprising that this man you know, is the the progenitor of these ideas in this form. But truth be told, the the you know, the eugenics programs had been going in the United States for some time. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh last thing about Madison Grant before we move on, um uh is the fact that uh he was also much like um William Ripley, he was involved in government. Um, though is not not to as uh, as influential an extent um, he was uh, he did provide information uh, for the Immigration Act in 1924 so he was uh, influential in like stemming the immigration of Central and Southern Europeans um, but he was like he was trying to institute a one drop rule against like all
2: non-Nordics which is pretty fucking wild. For those of you un- unfamiliar with the uh, the term, the the one drop rule uh, was a, a racial policy proposed in the United States, uh, where if you had a single drop of non white blood, you were considered non
0: white. And, and by a single drop, basically, if they could prove um, that you had any black relatives at all, um, then you because of the way that um the segregation worked you became legally black Mm -hmm. um and there were a few um situations where even after jim crow uh and even you know into like the 30s 40s 50s you see like quote unquote interracial marriages get destroyed by the court because you find out somebody had like a black great aunt uh it's nasty nasty terrible shit um, it is fucking
2: insane
0: yeah and this guy was like that's not strong enough I also don't want you to be able to marry like Germans <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's, if you're if you're from below Bavaria, Bavaria. Yeah, if like, you're, yeah yeah if you're if you're a Brigundian <laughs> out of here <laughs> if you're a Gaul out of here uh, out of here if you're a Dacian out of here <laughs> like, Spanish I bet your part more alright well that's that's a little too on the nose
2: uh <laughs> It's a little. That <laughs> is, is a little like probably exactly what he said. Yes. Um. Now.
0: <laughs> Christ alive! All right. Uh. He also um in the early nineteen hundreds. Uh. This is I don't want to say it's funny. It's fucked up. Um.
2: But it's we'll like, make it
0: funny. It's one of those. It's one of those things like we've talked about, but it's like, just like. So, like, insanely racist that it seems like a joke. Like, it seems like something somebody would write as, like, a joke in a book. Oh, um, like
2: John Harvey Kellogg's whole life? Yeah. Uh, so racist, so racist. it seems like a joke. Uh,
0: in 1906, as secretary of the New York Zoological Society, he lobbied to put Otabenga, a Congolese man from the mabuti people, a tribe of quote-unquote pygmies, on display alongside apes at the Bronx Zoo
3: they already had people on display at the Bronx Zoo at this point
0: I, this, I don't think I at the Bronx Zoo this, I believe yes God, there, no. was, there was a, there was a human zoo but it was not at the Bronx Zoo this was like a special thing they wanted to do
2: yeah uh, at this time the human zoos were a Belgian thing
0: yeah they, they exhibited him uh, in what was referred to at the Bronx Zoo as <sighs> the monkey house and why am
3: I not surprised really bad uh, nobody isolate that clip of colin saying that
2: oh, stop that's not funny that's tom, not don't funny. do it tom
3: tom don't do it stop.
2: okay tyler what are you what are you putting that on tom for Justin i'm gonna do it podcast uh now
0: i know what you're thinking okay well colin this is all in the 19 1910s 1920s and even like 1940s like clearly like this stuff is ancient history and it died off uh, yeah. Like, no. Uh, no. Uh, uh, I were I would argue, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, um, not ancient. No. Uh, by any stretch, I'm about to prove that. Uh, not even and, out of living memory. And incredibly relevant. Uh, relevant. So, uh, Carlton Stephen Kuhn, Stevens Kuhn, uh, was an American professor at Harvard
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, whose father was a cotton factor. Now, and he was born in 1904. Now, that's very relevant. Do you know what a cotton factor is?
3: I don't, I but I know it's going to be racist.
0: A I know it's the root word for factory. Nope. Well, yes. No? But factor, uh, a cotton factor specifically, was a guy who would be paid. Uh, by a plantation owner, typically, to go into town, go into market, and to sell his cotton, to buy his seed, and to sell and buy slaves, <laughs> he was basically like he's like he's like your sales guy. He's like, oh, he's my he's my buying agent. He knows how to appraise black people and get the best price for black. Oh, uh, so so well he's, the guy, the, t- he's the guy who he's the guy
3: who takes vendors to baseball games and exactly all that kind of stuff. Games,
0: yeah, they mean purchases like and auctions.
3: Yeah, they have um, baseball at this point so
0: this so that's what that's this that's what this guy is and i want you to think about that think about that okay mm-hmm. um because Kuhn himself would go into like he goes on to claim uh that both anti-semitism and racism were unknown to me before i left home at the age of 15 and zero to 15 are formative years he is one of the he is for real uh i'm not being racist guy even i'm though, not
2: being racist because i didn't understand that racism existed before i left my tiny insular community yeah and basically he is he goes on yeah and
3: i never saw anybody that wasn't white my entire life so this guy literally, i didn't know what it was
0: this guy died in 19-fucking-81 okay like he was uh on like he worked in uh, academics for a long time Uh, and published uh, The Races of Europe in 1939 uh, and The Origins of Races in 1962. So he republished The Races of Europe, uh, which Mm. was, as we said, uh, Madison Grant's... uh, Sorry, uh, William Ripley's uh, work that was then co-opted by um, the Nazi uh, muse Madison Grant. Um, And, uh, you know, this guy... (laughs) uh coon you're like okay well colin why do i care about some random harvard like why do i care about some like random professor like what what does this guy matter um yeah what's <laughs> his deal bud and uh basically well i don't know if you guys remember what was happening in 1962 um but uh, no it was the, happening the, in the, the 1962 Schmibble, the schmivel fights movement the schmivel fights movement let's see here my dad was cousin. born what else happened so coon's cousin charlton putnam had wrote uh raceries in yankee view that was making a, a scientific quote-unquote scientific as we've said a lot of this is like dressed up as science uh yeah, argument, pure pseudoscience. yeah for racism and segregation um and basically coon who had this like um like pocket organization uh called the american association of physical anthropologists because physical anthropology is basically you know once phrenology became like a burned bullshit term for race science you have to come up with new ones so physical anthropology is what in the mid-century race science became called um and they made this book uh basically required reading uh in that group which was like a group for high school students uh
2: there's also something to be said about the cia's involvement in anthropological circles oh wait i'm uh, sorry
0: sorry he he disagreed um with it because he said it was scientifically irresponsible um Mm -hmm. because they made it required a reading but not because it was like racist or bad
2: yeah just scientifically irresponsible which it was also racist and bad uh, but yeah, again, it's, it is worth noting that the the Central Intelligence Agency at this point uh, has its hands very, very deep within the Human Fund, uh, which oh, funds Justin. a lot of this physical anthropological research.
0: Oh, Justin, the Central Intelligence Agency? Yes. What, what, uh, <laughs> the Central Intelligence Agency. But Justin, what what does the Central Intelligence Agency have to do with <laughs> this guy with Kuhn? That, I can't, I can't imagine that that he anything wait but wait a second but wait a second coon wrote (laughs) uh Huh, well let's what 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 does it say here uh huh Uh, what do you write the
2: cubark interrogation
0: manual or something (laughs) uh uh, during uh during the time uh
2: that coon was okay here it is sorry uh you tell me that coon was a fucking spy for the cia i'm gonna flip shit
0: no hey 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 hey, carlton stevens coon was not and i will say this again carlton stevens Kuhn was not sir an agent of the cia he was merely a member of the oss during world war ii who operated in northern africa uh in german occupied morocco under the guise of anthropological field anthropological field work and afterwards served as a scientific consultant to the cia that is completely different he definitely didn't do anything bad and definitely in 1945 did not write a paper uh stating that the United States should use the should continue the use of wartime intelligence agencies to maintain and I quote an invisible empire. I don't I can't what? No.
2: I need another beer.
0: So I told you this episode was going to peel your brain back. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, Colin. Yeah. You just fucking peeled me like a
0: naval orange, okay? okay that- you so I think, uh, so that is, that's the brief history of phrenology. Not so brief. Um, now we're going to get into the the more fun parts, the less heavy parts. Uh, well, I guess we're going to get into a heavier part. This is, we're almost at the bottom of the valley. This part's heavier. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to say it gets better, but it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> but it will eventually. Um, so, um, As Justin alluded to earlier, we're going to talk a little bit about Rhodesia, um, and uh, just quick rundown, if you could. Tyler, do you want to tell the folks about Rhodesia and what Rhodesia was?
3: Uh, I would need way too long. Refer to somebody else.
2: Justin, can you give me, like, the elevator pitch on Rhodesia? Uh, So, Rhodesia uh, was a white supremacist colony state that existed in South Central Africa, uh so it I believe it, yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't exist anymore. I believe Zimbabwe uh is Yes, Rhodesia the, does not exist anymore. Yeah, the the territory that was Rhodesia is now recognized largely as Zimbabwe. Uh however, again, Rhodesia was a white supremacist colony state established by uh the Portuguese uh it at one point was uh, a de facto successor state to a British colony which existed in the same place uh Rhodesia in modern you know firearm mythology and how Rhodesia exists in pop- popular culture uh, is Rhodesia was the not the last like bastion of European colonialism in Africa because that largely existed in South Africa it was uh, it was one of the last like active, like, war zones of yeah. colonial
0: yeah. settler... And
3: like settler gun localism. YouTubers really love cosplaying, uh... Yeah, they, as if they, they, they they're, love yeah, Rhodesian yeah.
2: fucking, you know... Well, so they love that the Rhodesians wear sh- wore shorts. Well, it's also, Just like, yeah, and the brush they were racist yeah. monsters. Yes, yeah, you know, it's, so it's referred to as the Rhodesian Bush
0: War. It, it happens from 1975 to 1980. Um, but basically, you know, what, what happens there is, like, you have, in, like, in the the dying days of the Cold War a whole lot of disaffected soldiers and a whole lot of loose arms and armaments uh like up for grabs and a lot of it a lot of guys like left vietnam and got on a plane straight to rhodesia like Mm -hmm. like a lot of guys they're like i don't know how to do anything else and i don't care who i kill and even more who went to rhodesia were like i want to kill black people because i'm racist
2: yeah It's Again, it cannot be overstated that Rhodesia was explicitly a white supremacist colony state. There is Um, no way
0: around that. In fact, that's something I wanted to talk about. So that's uh, something we're going to talk about. uh, We're we're not really going to talk about, but we should talk about now, is that uh, in South Africa, they actually tried to make a legal argument um, for, like, white people as a distinct ethnic group that deserved like protections extended to them um that they had a unique culture and that they should get like these this preferential treatment uh in the same way that you might think about like you know uh s- something like in the united states
3: like white uh, people everywhere else in the world
0: no but like more so like you know uh affirmative action here in the united states they wanted that for white Afrikaners.
3: um, yeah like everywhere else in the world especially america
0: yeah and they because they believed in white supremacy and they believed that they Mm -hmm. deserved this this uh deferential treatment right um well you know that doesn't really work you can't really be like hey you should vote us in as slave masters um Mm -hmm. but when that falls apart uh you just end up uh basically creating little ar- and committing genocide as much as you can uh which is what ends up happening in the rhodesian bush war Man. and what ends up happening uh a lot of the times in south africa uh and you see this you know throughout um uh like these these former uh co- colonial holdings um that as they break away the people who decide they don't want to leave um they they make it everybody's problem, and. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it is like a uh, – there's – the writing's on the wall, right? Like, th- those people know they're going to lose. Like, fascism ultimately is an ideolo- ideology of failure because there is no win state. There is no end goal. Um, there is only a permanent enemy and an eternal struggle uh, against life itself. Mm. So, you know, you really yeah. can't give up like so it makes sense that it is so uniform um and in that thought process in that I- ideology you do some pretty uh heinous things uh because you're desperate and because it's easy to justify so one thing um that uh, something that the Rhodesians began doing the Rhodesian Ru- security forces uh because it's a sec- it's you know it's about security when you're uh fighting to establish a white ethno state <laughs>
2: uh, mm-hmm you're exactly.
3: caging black people yeah i know we're here in a place that people live you know to take over but uh, we gotta make yeah, sure they, they we're started protected using
0: chemical and biological uh, weapons they they, they created uh, cholera outbreaks um uh but one of and uh, a few other um epidemics um but th- something they did that was um really heinous and w- was probably killed like the most amount of people um directly um was uh something that they had done towards the end uh of the bush war um they um, at a hospital in rhodesia uh they had gotten their hands on paratheon now what is paratheon an insecticide Made by friend of the pod,
2: IG Farben. Oh, man. Yes, uh, for those of you who've forgotten, they're the same company that produced Zyklon B. And
3: Genocide. As, as Yay. Uh, Make us money.
2: Minutes.
0: Um, this That is not the only link to the Nazis in Africa uh,
2: <laughs> with these people. Obviously, you know. <laughs> uh, weird. Uh, what? wait a minute are you telling me that a bunch of nazis fled europe to the fucking racist colony states that existed in africa and nobody talked about it afterwards part
0: about why the Rhodesian bush war happens in the first place it's a lot of the people like you got to you got to imagine like yeah they got a lot of the ss but they didn't get a lot of them too and like how many guys in the wehrmacht were ideological how many members of like like high command got away like or weren't like thrown in prison or executed like seriously how many people melted into nato or became ambassadors or diplomats it's
2: it's very easy for us to focus on like the war criminals of the ss because they exist as this pinnacle of nazi ideology but colin makes an excellent point and there were millions 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 of of germans in the wehrmacht yeah, and at least a good portion of them, like I would say, minimum sixty-five to seventy-five percent of them well, were I ideological. Mean, at the very parties.
0: very least, because I feel like we can't prove belief. At the very least, we can say they were fine enough to do it. They were fine enough with it that they did it. Whether or not they believed in it or yeah. not doesn't really and matter the... to the people they killed. And that's I think that's more to the point. Is like yeah. these people. It doesn't really matter if they believe all the magical bullshit they don't it doesn't matter if you believe that hitler is secretly king arthur and he's gonna come back in a hundred years with the excalibur to kill jesus on the cross with the spear of destiny like it that doesn't matter what matters is whether or not you uh spray a bunch of clothes with paratheon and then give them to a bunch of civilians and guerrilla fighters uh to and literally what paratheon does is it um it blocks Uh, Synapse receptors in your brain so you start to experience like headaches convulsions uh, and then you start like just like throwing up diarrhea tremors and then you have full uh, pulmonary uh, pulmonary uh, edema and respiratory arrest it basically destroys your autonomic system and your ability for your organs to function uh, like within uh, minutes but symptoms can last months like it is like if it doesn't kill you outright it can be like crippling to your health and uh they estimate uh 15 to 2500 people were killed like using this method um that's (laughs) horrifying. why Why are you why jesus christ uh it is horrifying moving on to um another
3: I know, but I can't just hear something like that and not be like, oh yeah, but wow, your okay. Voice filters off. I'm a voice filter around? Tyler. Can you not hear yourself? No. Oh <laughs> what about now? Is that light in the moon? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is that better? <laughs> Okay. No, it showed me. It showed on my stream deck that I was on my normal voice. It didn't say I was on the other one.
2: Okay. No, nah, man, you were you're on a voice modifier. And That's why blood. I reacted that
0: now, way. Now, uh, South Africa during World War II uh, was a British colony, uh, much like India. And so officially they were assisting the British in the war effort against the Nazis. However, much like Ireland, another British colony during World War II... Uh, there were militant groups within it, secretly assisting and looking for aid from the Nazis uh, to have their own nationalist movements. Uh, IRA, looking at you guys, you don't mm-hmm. always do everything right. Um, no, actually, I don't, songs the, that, I don't think the I don't think the Provo existed back then. I think it was called something different, but um, their ideological ancestry. Uh, but basically, there was a a group of, um, pro Nazis called the South African Gentile National Socialist Party, uh, which was also called the South African Christian National Socialist Movement. Uh, and it had a paramilitary wing, like all good fascist movements do. Um, unfortunately a lot of other colors were taken. So they were called, uh, the gray shirts. Um, <laughs> mm.
3: all the fun yeah, colors were taken. Gray. But Colin, it's in their well, name, national Actually, socialists. Okay, They're right. socialists.
0: I will say this I'll say this again. If I've beat said this you once, over I've said the head with a frozen halibut. Um, the only socialism that any Nazi or fascist ever performed was the redistribution of property that Hitler and the Nazis performed after they killed and systematically executed every Jew uh traveler and Slav, they could get their hands on uh so besides that they did not enact any what you could call socialist uh legislation and if you want to argue with me i would love to see the fucking receipts please if you want to argue that they were ever socialist please show me some information because other than what i just described i cannot imagine a single fucking thing Anyway. Okay, you
3: want some information, Colin? It's their name. Anyway. It's in the name. <laughs> How about that? You sound like <laughs> all that? of my uncles um, at once.
0: Anyway, <laughs> South Africa is like full of like psychotic nationalists who are in love with Hitler and in love with Nazism. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and it's he was and still is massively and they're, popular. They're obsessed with, with these
0: ideas of Lebensraum and Herrenvolk. Um, they're they're obsessed with. The idea of creating like this national myth um this national identity um and these things don't go away after the war they just um these people much like the actual like much like the other nazis in europe um they just move into power they just assimilate they just join in uh Mm -hmm. and and grab handfuls and obviously um you know we're not gonna talk we're not gonna go into like apartheid and how apartheid is like you know The ideal nazi society basically um or you know in the last stages of an ideal nazi society and i'm not going to go into like all the details about how the first concentration camps uh existed in the british colonies existed in south africa and kenya and were used Mm -hmm. um to kill uh black people and ethnic minorities uh or um that the germans tested out concentration camp guards in their holdings in africa uh, before they used them on uh, the Jews and the Slavs and the Travelers. Uh, so, mm. not going to get into all that. What I am going to get into <laughs> is a fun new invention for the whole family. Now, <laughs> maybe just me. For the whole family, just me. Are you sure? Everybody so, gather uh, around the car. If you guys don't know, is rough and something that happened in south africa because of apartheid um because basically you know the entire working class of that country was black um and the entire ruling class was white full stop um so what what became more and more prevalent as time went on under apartheid because of all this this racial tension because of the severe brutality and oppression being heaped upon um the indigenous african people was that you would see like these home invasions these assaults these murders and these rape cases as well as carjackings become super super prevalent across the country including in johannesburg because all the wealth and all the capital was being concentrated in these literal like fortress enclaves like there would be these like if you look at the israeli settlements in like the west bank and gaza where they have like these 10 foot tall like barbed wire topped walls and then all these like cookie cutter mcmansions and green lawns that is identical to what was happening in apartheid south africa like looks exactly like it and operates exactly like it um and you know these are like terrible things and they still even after apartheid you know it wasn't like they did have um their truth and reconciliation um commission but beyond that like It's not like they did land reform. It's not like they did full scale wealth redistribution. So, even though maybe like the cultural force of racism was blunted, like the actual material force of racism was not. And so, the problems that existed under apartheid did not disappear with apartheid. Uh, And so, a guy named Sharo (laughs) Fori. developed the blaster or as it became known the bmw flamethrower can you play the clip tyler the heat is on for south africa's car thieves it looks like a james bond movie but the inventor of the blaster system charles Fourier, believes he's found a way to deal with carjackers
4: Guys car fitted with a coded keypad or just a key switch on the dashboard when it's turned, a red light will appear and it will show that the system is now armed and ready for activation. Underneath here we have the foot switch. The system will function for as long as you keep it down. And just quickly to explain how it works, when this foot switch is pressed, two things happen. One, a 14,000 volt spark will appear here in this muzzle. And then you have these four jets here shooting out gas, liquid gas from the gas bottle in the boot. The liquid gas, as soon as it exits over the spark here, will ignite and a ball of flame will shoot out on both sides of the vehicle, incapacitating the hijackers immediately.
0: Amazingly, perhaps, the system's legal in South Africa, provided the drivers acting in self-defense as depicted in this mock-up. About 25 vehicles so far have the blaster, but no one's yet tested the system for real. Self-defense, that's a funny term. Self-defense. In South Africa, because it's a Nazi country, uh, self-defense, basically, uh, if you were allowed to use, it was legal to use lethal force in self-defense if you were in fear for one's own life. So basically, it's a a country full of cops with qualified immunity, uh, and the ownership of Mm -hmm. flamethrowers was unrestricted um they sold about 200 of them um according to the the inventor there was never an account of one being deployed successfully to fend off a carjacking
2: how many unsuccessful deployments were there
0: they were never like recalled or anything they just like they just didn't sell especially well (laughs) like it's it's really (laughs) it's really like, like a moment where you could trust market forces like it was very expensive at the time. It was like six hundred and fifty five dollars. Uh and you know, people I'm sure were like upset. You had to put in uh like a, a gas tank in the trunk. Uh like to fuel Yeah, like a separate gas tank just, just for your, your flamethrower. Flame so I'm sure there were some concerns. Uh he did make it. Um he did one of his main design concerns uh was that it would damage the paint on the car. So the jets were specially angled to not damage the paint on the car, uh, but claimed, uh, and claimed that it was unlikely to kill, but would definitely blind. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, didn't sell very well. It had like a, like a six and a half foot range on it. So like just enough to kill any man, woman, or child near your car.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, just enough to have like a wild fucking theory of effect around it. It's so
0: perfect that it is a car born device, uh, as the car is, um, the Nazi machine. Like, it's like the perfect distillation of the alienated individual into, like, a non person. Uh, the automobile. Um, I'm not a fan. Um, now, they were also pretty controversial, um, because. People were like, "Hey, what if people just start shooting drivers to death instead of instead of robbing them and leaving them alive to get their car? Won't they just escalate?" And I think that might have also prevented it from being a hot seller, Uh, because that was my thought too. You know, uh, my thought too is like, "Yeah, fire isn't bulletproof. What if I miss and they just shoot me to (laughs) 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 death?" Like, like just a bit. Help. Hold on a second. holding in a second.
3: Like, like yep. you, you bait, yep. you bait out I the fire.
0: I wish, I wish one of these was in District
3: Nine. <laughs> yeah, I. It, it's like, it's like, no, it's, it's like an Elden Ring boss. You gotta, you gotta, gotta like bait out the the, the, the the AOE cost. attack, and <laughs> yeah, you you, gotta, you roll backwards, you, you roll out. The car
0: to avoid its its side attacks. Exactly.
3: <laughs> you gotta make sure to stay locked onto the leg, not onto the actual onto the body, body because the, yeah, yeah.
0: That's the weak point of the car now
3: exactly and make sure make sure you, yeah, make as, sure you roll into know, the attack uh, because then you'll use your you'll use your 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 iframe's always
0: good enough, it's always a good idea to put more <laughs> gas towards the back of a car like like if you can put an extra gas tank uh, in a less protected area you should uh, that is ideal um, beyond that uh, it just like fell apart taken off the market by the inventor and then he just replaced it with a less expensive mm-hmm. quote-unquote pocket-sized uh flamethrower <laughs> oh my god i've seen that i believe it's called the holy the shit. Handy blaster. <laughs> the original one was just called the blaster yeah the blaster uh but that's that's it dude. it's uh it's it's fucking nuts
3: and now you can just buy a flamethrower off just, of Amazon because a, uh, it's you what you, you use to sear your steaks every with.
0: South African Nazi Elon Musk. Ayo, was,
3: we're coming for you soon, Nazi Elon.
0: An evil man. There's really not a lot of info on him, but I'll assume that if you're the kind of guy who's like, "Let me build a flamethrower for carjackings," uh, you're probably not, you know, uh, super nice. <laughs> you're probably not a
2: great at party. No. Probably got some interesting about, opinions about, quote unquote uh, about criminal like, uh, you know, uh. exactly. Yeah, but
0: that's, that's, that's been this episode. Uh, Racist yep. contraptions and a brief history of phrenology.
3: Uh, racists. Yeah, yeah they're out here. out here. They're doing uh, the thing. I just,
0: yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to talk about Nazis, uh, in history instead of, uh, Nazis in today because it seems like they're all upset about something, but I don't really watch the news anymore, so I don't know what's happening.
2: That's okay, neither do I. Uh, they're not upset about anything important, because they never have been.
3: Yeah, they just keep making shit up.
2: Yeah. All right, well, thanks for tuning in once again to a not-many-free episode dude. of Worst in the Industry. She got yeah, big that episode. ended up ended up being so a
3: full-size episode.
2: A big, big old, big old Yeah, episode she's a, right a grow,
3: grower, not a shower, you know?
2: Yeah, well, we'll make sure to throw this one up. I believe this is episode we up, 96. We up there. We are we are rapidly approaching episode 100.
3: <coughs> Which episode 100? uh, I think I. I no, yeah, no, I yeah, that's. Uh, Sorry, I got. Yeah, we're gonna, stream, we're gonna live stream. We're gonna live stream the hundredth episode just so. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys maybe,
0: donate to Maybe
3: just maybe. <laughs> Actually,
0: Make sure I mean, you like and subscribe.
3: Um,
2: this is ninety five. This is ninety five. This is ninety five. All right. Well, we are. We are. Uh, still pretty close to episode one hundred. We'll do something special. Colin will not hurt himself in any way. Uh, yeah, like I said, Elon
3: it. Musk, we're coming Here for Western you, Western and industry, that might be it. But you know, who has knows?
2: Handcrafted
0: with the finest of chocolates. All yeah, from the sweetest. No, of cocoa were harmed foods. in the making of this episode. <laughs> at all cocoa Fond-table, plantation,
3: we put free range, grass fed,
0: African sun, burning the flesh from their backs.
3: God, we should.
0: Fingerprints from their hands.
3: Can we please open a cocoa plantation that's only <laughs> know, only like Polish people? Retreat Sorry. And... Yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be like, wait, this isn't you know drywall. Those, I don't like, know what the fuck uh, I'm you know doing. One
0: of those like you, those children kidnapping scams where they're like, we make them work on a farm to straighten them out. I do that, but it's only for Polish kids, and they 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 learn how to harvest cocoa. It's beans. only for Polish
3: kids. Harvest cocoa.
0: I'm going to put some old... That, hey, Jesus. I just all need right. a little well, more living uh, room, okay? What's the problem?
2: We all need a little more living, living Uh Alright, thanks for tuning <laughs> in once again to Worst in the Industry. Uh, learning about some uh, some horrible contraptions and horrible science that was used to justify yeah, some like horrible things. Yeah, like this
0: And the CIA.
2: Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> the <laughs> Ford Motor uh, Company. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, if we wanted to talk about it, there we had previous episodes. Anyways.
3: And you, you Mr. Beast. I don't know what week. you're I don't know what you're doing yet, Mr. Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast, but I got my fucking eye on you, brother.
2: Conspiracy. I yeah, probably.
1: Alright. Bye. Bye. Say I'm in a spot they would kill foe. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't I could probably get a deal with coke If I wasn't rapping about the pass back Dylan dope Got the offer and it's real low Over one mil and it's still low They all corporate They all cute in suits i all bullshit With all that poop to scoop My shit going up I go root to roof They don't like that They won't mute the truth They gon' switch sides They go group to group They won't shoot the shit Ain't got shit to shoot Till I go crazy Go and get the baby